This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. The Dodgers will win the World Series if we play a full season and there is a postseason. Wait. We are winning the World Series in 2022. So but I know where you're going with that. No, what we're do you winning the World Series this year? Put it on record. Downtown San Diego, game four of the 2022 National League Division Series between the Padres and the visiting Los Angeles Dodgers. Last night, a 2-1 win for San Diego as they have taken a 2-1 lead in this best-of-five series. That means, I'll do the math for you, an opportunity here tonight to close out the Division Series, close out the Dodgers, and advance to the NLCS. We are winning the World Series in 2022. Now the pitch. And a ground ball chopped to the right side. Freeman reaching for it. Can't make the play. Rolls out to second base. The run will score. And everybody's safe. 3-1 to one in the bottom of the seventh inning. We are winning the World Series in 2022. Here's the 2-0 pitch. Soto with a line drive into right field. That'll get down. And a base hit. Betts plays it on a hop. Fires towards the plate. No chance. Nola comes in to score. And the game is tied at three. Juan Soto an RBI single. And still nobody out. We are winning the World Series in 2022. Two and two. Here's the pitch. Cronenworth swings. Lines it into center field. That's a base hit. Kim will score. Here comes Soto. The throw from Thompson kicks off the mound. And down to second. Cronenworth. A two-run single. And the Padres in front for the first time tonight. It's 5-3. to three. We are winning the World Series in 2022. We are winning the World Series in 2022. Ben, you do a great job. We are winning the World Series in 2022. Haters set and ready. 0-2. Swing and a miss. Freeman went after a slider in the dirt. And the ball game is over. The series is over. And the Padres have slayed the Dragon. They defeat the Dodgers in four games to advance to the National League Championship Series. They will play for the pennant beginning on Tuesday night here at home against the Phillies. We are winning the World Series in 2022. We're going to party tonight like crazy. I am. And I'm not a partier, but I am tonight. Shock factor, very high. Um, disappointment, very high. Um, it's crushing. Not crushing to me. I do not feel crushed at all. I feel very happy, very proud, very proud of uh, all the boys out there that, man, they fought hard. They fought hard. That's a good team that you just beat. You beat two really good teams with some <laughs> some of the best pitchers that uh, the game of baseball has ever seen. And uh, you took it to them, and we will always have that, man. Taking down that, that team after a 111-win regular season, this is no joke. It's no fluke. This team is the real deal. And we talked about Joe, uh, six innings, two runs on Saturday night. And it's weird because any day of the year, like, that's a good outing against that team. But it felt like, God, we just cannot, something's off. We just cannot get it going right now offensively. And it was two, you know, three runs. Like, it wasn't an insurmountable deficit. Felt like deficit, nothing. But it, yeah. we just could, it was like a deflating. I'm like, I'm texting my wife. I'm like, I won't say it's dead here. 
you can feel the crowd is ready to explode. They're waiting, just waiting. We're just for something. waiting for something. And then the bottom of the seventh inning, man, is that the greatest half inning in Padres franchise history? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, has to be. Yeah, I don't think there's much debate. It's not like they scored one run and then two runs in the yeah, next inning. Yeah, tacked it on. And, no. no, dude, five runs just bam, bam. right in the face, man, right in the face. Rope a dope, rope a dope for six and two thirds <laughs> or whatever, or six uh, six innings, and then just came out and you could see the looks on the faces of the Dodger players going, oh, no. Dave Roberts with his eyes darting around. And it wasn't even like they had 18 men left on base Mm-mm. or something to that they point. Like, get it going. They really just weren't even that close up until that seventh inning and then just absolutely out of nowhere. It was unreal. It's Ben Woods and Paul here on 97.3 The Fan. This segment brought to you by the Golf Mart. Woodsy uh, is here ordering more root beer barrels during the break. I did. Because... Uh, you're just not sure which superstitions are the right ones that are carrying the Padres, but I mean, like we've decided, we're just going to play the Wednesday open music now yeah, every day that's it, through every the day. end of the postseason, 100%. right? What's the for people who don't know? What's the origin there on our Wednesday music? I don't know what it is. It just popped into my head. What's the What's the quote from? Uh, are you Jim Morrison? That's it's Jim, just Morrison. Jim Morrison. Okay. I always thought it was really cool. And uh, is everybody in? Like, hey, let's go. We're the ceremony's about, about to, to begin. begin. So yeah. that's Jim Morrison. And then I put it on top. Is everybody of, in? Yeah, Paulie put it on. Uh, everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Fantastic. Right into Queens of the Stone Age. Better living through chemistry. Uh, and I don't know. I just love that song. It's a great radio intro song. So we put it on. Next thing you know, we start winning. So I'm going to roll. We're going to roll deep with that. I wore the exact same outfit uh, both Friday and Saturday, and we won both games. So now I will be in my green pants and black hoodie for the foreseeable future. You have to be careful not to let every superstition rule your it's life. It's ruling though. my life right this- now. Yes. <laughs> The deodorant, the way I put it on, when I put it on, it's it's I'm I'm spiraling is what I'm telling you right now. I'm I'm in a death. I spiral. see you over there. Hasn't changed his underwear in a week and a half. <laughs> but I am I am ready to I'm ready to keep it rolling. You don't mess with a winning streak. Speaking of keeping it rolling, uh, we've had some great calls. We'll get back to them in just a second. But you heard in that open, great open by the way that Paulie made uh, special for today. You heard a little bit of Peter Seidler uh, talking about uh, he's going to party. Uh, we have the full audio of that interview. Now it was conducted on the field under locker room under duress, a locker room uh, under the very loud circumstances of a post game celebration by our own pro- program director, our brand manager Adam Clue. Yeah. Okay, so Adam had to make sure that his voice was heard by Peter over the din of the Padres celebrating the win, which um, and you know Adam was went for it. Wait in this in this interview, he just goes he, for he it. He essentially just screams <laughs> into the microphone. But it's a good interview with Peter Seidler, and he did a good job getting some great answers. So we had to play it. But yes, uh, bear with Adam as he absolutely <laughs> screams questions at the top of his lungs. Peter is not at deaf. the owner of San Diego Padres, is... who has probably never been yelled at by a person as loud as Adam yelled at him. <laughs> On Saturday night. This is maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Peter, very calm person. Yeah, very yeah, I calm. wish there was a camera rolling Getting when I played this screamed at by this Adam Clue here. Woods. I, I almost peed in my pants. <laughs> I, la- I had not heard it. I laughed like, so who hard. Who is that? I'm I like, go, who that's is that? Adam. I go, why is he screaming? There's a, like a mini flub in there, too. It is just 
the best thing ever. I'm here with the owner of the Padres, Peter Seidler. Peter, how does it feel to advance to the NLCS? It feels great. The players, the fans, they both showed up in the biggest possible way all season long, but especially these last two nights and the come-from-behind clinching game today. It could not have been better. Congratulations to our players. Is it extra sweet because it was against the Dodgers? What? Is it extra sweet because it was against the Dodgers? Oh, my God. A little bit. They're the, they're, they're the team that has dominated the last Boy, decade. And like we said, we you know who that dragon is up the freeway. we got to slay it. And we did it this year. And we will be a very good team for years to come. My last question, how did it feel for you to see all the Padres fans and their reaction over the last two nights, the prior faithful? We have the best fans in the league. Fans that have stayed with this franchise through thick and thin, and our fans deserve a championship. And this group of players is going to do everything they can to bring it here. We're going to party tonight like crazy, but I am. And I'm not a partier, but I am tonight. And then we'll refocus on the next series. Is it extra special because they're with the Dodgers? Is it extra sweet because it was against the Dodgers? <laughs> I was. What? I fell down laughing. Is it extra sweet because it was against the Dodgers? Well, well, I can't hear you. It's, oh, Is it extra sweet because it was against the if, Dodgers? If we here, he'd probably point out the loud music. He's wearing a mask. It's so you can't read his lips. He's trying to be heard. I, I had some sympathy to laugh. Right Is now. it extra sweet because it was against the Dodgers? <laughs> huh? Oh my god! Oh my god! So surreal, though. Uh, did we even mention that Peter Seidler was uh, pregame walking around with NBA legend Ralph Sampson on the field? And yeah. like, who is this seven foot five gentleman who just walked out? Oh, that's Ralph Sampson, NBA Hall of Famer. Uh, apparently, they were friends back at Virginia. They went to school together, and yeah. he was a guest of Peter Seidler at the game on Saturday night, and got to meet him on the field beforehand. It was just a just a crazy, picture. crazy. Bryce day. Miller took a picture yeah. of the three of us with Peter and Ralph, and we're talking down there on the field. And Bryce was like, "I looked over and I saw you guys talking to Ralph Sampson. I couldn't stop laughing because you guys are all really tall people. Like you guys are all six one, six two, six three, six four. You look like shrimps. And we are just looking straight up at straight this up. man. I mean, we have Bob Scanlon coming up. He was on the field as well. He was he was looking <laughs> straight up at Ralph Sampson. Bob Scanlon, all six ten of him." Was looking straight up at Ralph Sampson just, on the field. Just, I mean, like, so, so tall, so nice. And uh, I talked to Peter before the game, and he goes, all right, so what's your gut tell you? I go, I feel good. He looked at me, he goes, I feel great. And sure enough, uh, series over. You took down the 111-win Dodgers. I don't know if I've said that enough. Is it extra sweet because it was against the Dodgers? <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Hey, what were you looking for there, Peter? <laughs> this pot. Oh, uh-oh. So, all right, let's go back oh, out was, to the phone lines. Is it extra sweet because it was against the Dodgers? 833-288-0973. Um, should we keep it long distance? Why not? Uh, let's go to Alex in Nashville. has been hanging on for a while. Oh, yeah, uh, if you're actually in Ash- Nashville, Alex. <laughs> no, I'm, at, I'm down in Manchester driving all, almost nearing Nashville after driving all the way back from San Diego. My, sorry about my voice, but... 
I, I can't even tell you how many beers I had after Saturday night. <laughs> I just kept them all going. <laughs> I, I think I kind of I kind of blacked out after what was it? Two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I didn't wake up until I didn't wake up until like three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh my god! In my in the trunk of my car. Oh my god! How did you get there? I mean, you didn't want to drive. <laughs> uh, I hey, I don't know how. All I know is that I woke up, I'm trashed out in the trunk of my car after one of the probably one of the best nights in my young 27 years. Oh my god! I grew up in San Diego. In Coronado Island, been a Padre fan my entire life. 27 years. I was only three years old when we went to uh, the NLCS in 98. Over 24 years, almost 25 years later, we're going back against the Phillies. My voice is still shot. My My dad still passed out in the back. And my mom, well, (laughs) we left her ass back. My mother was a Do- is a Dodgers fan. Oh no! Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, luckily we brought two cars, but my mom's like, "Well, we'll drive together." Now I left my mom back in San Diego. <laughs> she can, she's on her own. Oh my god, but, Alex! And and I, I, I and, and it was just woo. I, I'm just, I'm still, I'm still high. Alex, yeah, oh we can God. tell. Take, take the next 24 hours to get your head back. Right. Yeah. Is it extra sweet because it's against the Dodgers? all over I'm again. Now, there could be as many as 14 more of these playoff games for the San Diego Padres. So you got to save something in reserve here now uh, for the next round of the playoffs. I'm dying. Can't spend it all, just all your energy on one night. Waking up in the trunk. Have you ever woken up in the trunk? Woods. No, I mean even I know I, you've, wake, I've woke you've woken up, up out tank outside uh, naked before. Nah, not yeah, uh, in the yard. Yeah, in the yard. Before. Yep, that's happened. Told us that story, Long but never in the ago. trunk. No, never in the trunk. Wow. <sighs> I mean, look, they beats drinking and driving, right? Just get into the True. trunk, curl up, and get yourself a little nap. All right, uh, we'll keep it rolling here. Eight three three two eight eight zero ninety seven three. I also had uh, three other series, including one that's still going. We've got one more game tonight. Uh, to talk about in the MLB playoffs. So we'll get to some of that coming up as well. And then Bob Scanlon will join us at the bottom of the hour. You definitely don't want to miss Scan on with Ben and Woods. It's all coming up uh, in this hour. Right now, let's get a check of traffic with Kelly Danik on 97.3 The Fan. Is it extra sweet because this is against the Dodgers?
Never forget Big Poppy railed against this team. I will never forget. I, that's my least favorite thing about some of these bits is, you know, you can roast, 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 and then when they you get them on the hey, you're fantastic, man. You guys are amazing. Joe Musgrove called Poppy out in his interview. Did you hear that? I did not. He basically, Manny like, seemed to forgive him. Yeah, but he texted him right after they won the yeah, game. Oh, now, yeah, yeah. yeah, they don't they don't forget that stuff, man. Manny dropping uh, some naughty language on television. Good man, it's twenty twenty. Now that's FS One. It's still cable. You can get away with it, but uh, soon, hopefully, Padres will be playing on the the network stage. Yes, very excited to hear Joe Davis and. John Smoltz called these games. I'm, some I'm elated. Them, some of them actually will still be on FS1. Um, I think I saw that. It's a kind of a mix of Fox and FS1 for this series. Uh, the t- game times did all come out, by the way, if you missed that, yesterday for the Padres Phillies series. Uh, game one, of course, tomorrow at 5.03. Okay. Game two at Petco oh, Park. Oh, boy. One thirty-five in the oh, afternoon, boy. so day game, oh, boy. which is uh, partly because it's a doubleheader day. The, the American League game one will be that evening, and it's also a getaway day because you'll have the teams flying back to Philadelphia after the game. So you, you, you just like the end of any series, when you fly out, you usually play early. Thursday's an off day. Then Friday, uh, 4.37 San Diego time, 7.37 Philly time for game three. Uh, four forty-five on Saturday for Game Four, and then Game Five is eleven thirty-seven a.m. San Diego time, so two thirty-seven p.m. in Philadelphia on Sunday. Then no off day to travel back to San Diego, which is very unusual in the playoffs. Uh, you're just playing uh, consecutive games, five in a row, possibly uh, back to five oh three starts for next Monday and Tuesday, Game Six and Seven, if necessary, at Petco Park. So I got a DM from Matt this morning, and he goes, "Man, he said, uh, he said I, I hate this this one thirty start time on Wednesday." And I said, "Well, we're going to talk about it." I said, "But you're not going to like my answer, Matt." He said, "You know, there's a lot. The last time there was a game before three o'clock in the local market during a league championship series, you guys should have a don't do this Wednesday's game time should be it. People who work, active high school athletes who have practices and are in season." I said, we'll discuss it, but you're not going to like my answer. Uh, I'm elated, elated that it's a one thirty start. Now, I also understand I'm one of 1% that's actually probably happy that a Wednesday game is at one thirty in the afternoon because I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, um, getting home late from Petco, uh, the traffic, the whole thing. It just it couldn't set up better for me. If I had it my way, they'd start at 10, but it's one thirty. I feel like that's a massive compromise. Again, I understand I'm one of 1%. I'm fine with it. Yeah, there's been a ton of weekday day games already oh, in the playoffs yeah, in yeah. many different it's, markets. It's not uncommon. The Padres have been kind of lucky in that they've been with the prime time game so far, uh, you know, partly because of the opponents they're playing. And I think the Padres are a decent draw now nationally. Not a big market, but certainly recognizable names like Machado and Soto make them a more appealing, um, you know, team for networks to, to put into the prime time coverage. And well, yeah. Of course, they were all rooting for the New York-LA series. I think there's some appeal to Philadelphia-San Diego. It's kind of like the you know the slight underdogs, the New York to Philadelphia dynamic, the San Diego-LA thing. Yeah, oh, you know absolutely. the teams that have been living in the shadows of other teams getting to have their moment in the sun is is a pretty cool storyline for both times. And Bryce Harper 
obviously huge star Manny Machado. You got you got some big names. You got some storylines like the Nola brothers uh, in this series that'll be interesting. Uh, of course, it was Snell who took out two months of Harper's season when yep. he hit him uh, back in June with a with a pitch. So there's a good there's some good stories for this series for television. Yeah, you got massive storylines. You got massive uh, superstars in this series. So. It's going to be, uh, it's just electric. I'm so excited uh, for the guys, and really I'm so excited for the city. And yes, listen, I, I, I make no, make no uh, mistake about it. Getting off work for a 130 baseball game uh, is not something that everybody can do. Even being able to watch a 130 baseball game again, Ben, is not something everybody can do. I am sympathetic to it. I am sympathetic to it. Uh, but I am I am very 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 happy about it. The Phillies just uh, personal. The Phillies personal. are probably as big or a, a bigger underdog than the Padres. Maybe not because of the teams they were playing, but they were the last team into the postseason and they played they, so poorly they, they, down the stretch, man. They, but they've actually had the easiest time pretty much getting through. Yeah, uh, you know, two game first series and then in four. But uh, the games this weekend weren't really that close. Nine to one and eight to three. In their two wins over the Braves, they just demolished Atlanta in that series. They've had a lot of power. Bryce Harper is tied with Trent Grisham with three playoff home runs to lead baseball, and they've gotten some power from uh, Reese Hoskins, uh, Brandon Marsh, some other players have hit big home runs. Alec Bohm is having – remember Alec Bohm? We did him on Don't Do This. He's the guy they caught on camera saying, I effing hate this place. Remember that? He booted one. They booed him. He has had a remarkable run. Uh, is is ingratiated himself to the Philly fans again. They got good, good players, and it was funny. I was thinking about it this week, and I wanted to get your takes on it too. Um, as I, the, obviously, you want to win the Mets series, and you want to win the Dodgers series uh, badly, uh, so badly. I thought to myself because I I loathe I loathe the Los Angeles Dodgers from stem to stern. I looked at the Phillies. I'm like. Kind of like some of these guys. <laughs> like I, I, I don't hate the Philadelphia. They're not as Phillies. hateable. No. They're not as hateable. Um, now we'll see what happens. We'll see when their fans start attacking Machado personally, because you know that's coming. Um, we'll see how that works then. But I'm telling you, man, it's uh, it's it's a it's going to be a really good series. They've got good pitching too. Remember, they fired their manager when they got off to a poor start. That rarely works out as well as it has this year with Rob Thompson. Rob Thompson's been who amazing. had the interim tag taken off last week with a contract extension. The one thing I like though, Padres have played more tense games here in the postseason, yeah. really than the Phillies have. You can't get away with that forever. We haven't seen how the Phillies will respond in those late close games where the Padres have already done it a few times. I like that dynamic going forward. In the American League, quickly, Woods, before we get to Bob Scanlon coming up, uh, Astros swept the Mariners, but it wasn't like it was a 3 nothing and every game was a rout. They had to, they rallied off Verlander, you know, had to, after Verlander fell behind, they had to rally from behind in the first game. Yeah. They had to get a go-ahead home run in the second rally game. Rally from 8-1, man. And, and, like. and then it was uh, 18 innings in game three in Seattle. It was their one game, but at least they got two games worth in Seattle for their one game. That they, That is not a something that they're happy about, believe you me. They wanted to win a game in that series. They should have won two. Yeah, they should be um, trying to close things out as opposed to being already out for the season. That game was bat-ass crazy. They had 498 pitches in that game, Ben, between the two teams. 498 pitches. It's staggering. And the poor Mariners fans that sat there for 18 innings only to lose one nothing. My heart goes out to you. It really does. Um, but, no, I mean, this series is going to be spectacular. 
Um, do I think we can win? Absolutely. Am I going to be betting on the Padres every single game again? Absolutely. And then the Astros waiting on either the Yankees or the Guardians. That's been a back and forth Dude, that's, affair. That's been a battle too. Guardians obviously missed an opportunity to close it out at home. Will they end up regretting it or can they go into Yankee Stadium tonight and take the game five? It's going to be Aaron Savali against Jamison Tyone. Is that yep. uh, the matchup tonight? In game five, but all hands on deck. They say Nestor Cortez could come out of the bullpen. Talion pitched in relief for the, Yankees. the yeah. other day, too. So, I mean, it's this is one of those, like, I don't know what the over is in it. The It's over seven and a half. I got to imagine both staffs are, are pretty beat, man. They have been battling pretty good. So, the over might be a decent play today. So, uh, that's what we got the rest of the postseason. And we'll bring on Bob Scanlon, uh, Padres uh, sideline reporter for Bally Sports San Diego. He's been in the middle of everything this postseason doing a great job covering the team that's coming up uh don't forget you can listen to all your favorite team station shows and even podcasts all on the odyssey app for free download it now we'll be back with scan after this on 97.3 the fan Congratulations, and Big Poppy. As much respect as everyone has in here for you and what you've done for the game of baseball, you got a lot of people coming for your neck right now for what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> just letting you know. I'm just letting you know. Don't poke the bear. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you where the money's at, baby. It's in San Diego. Send me a sick pop, man. <laughs> Forget <laughs> me. That's right, man. Joe Musgrove is just like me, as petty as the day is long, and I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. Man. Love it. Didn't forget. We don't forget. Uh, it was uh, Matt Vaskersian put him on the spot in that interview to uh, pay for coffee at Cafe Adesso yeah. yesterday morning. And, and Joe, I think, said he was going to. Whatever happened, uh, there was a huge crowd up there in Alpine yesterday for coffee. And, uh, and Tara's Treats. Which Bob Scanlon gets every yes, day, every and he posts day. them, and I don't. We haven't tasted one of these. So he hasn't, hasn't shared anything with us. Uh, despite, How did you gain all the weight? Despite all that, uh, we will still gladly have Bob joining us right after this check of traffic on ninety-seven three. The fan and joining us right in the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline is the second tallest person on the field before the game. Yes, on Saturday at Petco Park <laughs> behind Ralph Sampson is Bob Scanlon from Bally Sports San Diego. Scan. It's great to have you back on Ben and Woods on a great Monday morning in this town. Oh, my gosh. It, it is a great Monday morning. Thanks for having me on. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm still trying to recover from that celebration, uh, the excitement of that game, this, the emotion throughout it, and then the, the, the joy and ecstasy afterwards of celebrating what has just been uh, an, an incredible season for, for this ball club. And, I mean – Guys, have you ever seen Petco Park so on fire Never. as it was? I mean, how how magical was that entire night? Just the way everything played out in terms of the Padres clinching, doing it against the Dodgers, doing it at home, Joe starting that ball game, 
a comeback fashion. I mean, could you have scripted it any better, guys? No, you really couldn't have. I mean, the, like the only other way it could have been better is if Joe goes seven no-hit innings and you score five <laughs> in the first off of Tyler Anderson and, and it's over. But the, the magic that, that the bottom seven, you know, bottom seven is going to be something we are going to remember around here for a long time, Scan. And, uh, man, it was so fun getting to see you before uh, both games. I will see you tomorrow. We have to continue our pregame uh, dap up. I'm very superstitious. When you were a player, how superstitious? Because it worked two games in a row. When you were a player, were you were you a superstition guy or a, a, a routine? I know you're a routine guy, but like superstition wise. Oh, you mean other than putting my left sock on first and then my right sock, there and then having go. my special T-shirt, and then having the food that I had to eat at a certain hour, and having my sunflower seeds in the second, and a piece of gum in the fourth inning, and getting up in the seventh to play catch with the outfielders, and no, I had no superstition yeah. at all. Every <laughs> baseball player at any level is just an absolute psychopath, and that's what I love the most about this game, including, by the way, Bob Melvin and his root beer barrels. Like it is just, it's the weirdest thing. But you will see me. In the exact same outfit you saw me in the previous two games tomorrow as we're down on the field before the game scan. Now, I want to I wanna bring this up because uh, nobody knows this. I haven't even told Ben and Paul. But Scan and I got into a discussion before the last game, so on Saturday. And I asked Scan about this because I had just heard John Smoltz very upset about the layoff. We've seen a lot of I was of pe- here for that. Oh, you were there. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. Scan yep. and I, now listen, I, I, I'm, I'm usually going to de- defer to a guy that did it at that level, but it is different, pitchers, hitters, etc. So we were talking about Scan, the, the playoff format, and there was, you could see that side where people were, you're like, I actually kind of understand why people are complaining about this a little bit. Have you changed your tune at all, or do you, do you want to elaborate on it? You're talking about the time off. Yeah, for the time post-season? off. Yep. No, I'm not changing my. I'm not going to change my tune. I can only speak from my personal experience. Yep. So what you and I were discussing was, does having five to six days off potentially affect a ball club? And obviously, nobody wants to ever use it as an excuse. I would never expect a team to do that. Nor do I think that a team that would be the team that had five days off would have anything to apologize for. But I just know my my own personal experience. Never went to postseason. But there were times where I would have three to four days off during All-Star break. And on the one hand, I felt a little bit more physically rejuvenated. But there was just a sharpness in my stuff. There was a sharpness in my my mental approach. There was just something that wasn't quite as, as on cue that first couple of days back as what it was during the season. And it was just for me, I, I was on such a routine of every single day knowing I needed to go to the ballpark, knowing I was going to do my physical routine, knowing I was going to get my, my flat ground in and then get, get a bullpen in every two days and be around the guys and just all the stuff that goes on with it. For me, I felt a little out of sync for the first couple of days back after having four or five off. But not, I'm not saying that's for everybody, but it was for me. So it would not surprise me at all if there was you know, certain guys on, on the teams, whether it be Atlanta or, or the Dodgers, that maybe that was a factor for. Again, not using it as an excuse. I'm just sharing with my personal experience that for me, I was such a routine guy that to be out of that routine, even for four days, it took me a couple of days to get back into it. So you know, but that, that was our discussion. You know, but I, I think, though, with the complaints about the playoff format, there's no playoff format that's going to replicate a 162 game season. But I would argue there there shouldn't be. And sometimes I think too much is made about you know, being the best team in the regular season. For me, and we've been talking about this this morning, sports is more is is not about dominating in the regular season. It's about it's about getting better, 
coming together as a team, growing, and then figuring out a way to play your best ball, whether it's baseball or basketball or football, at the end of the season when it counts in, in pressure-packed situations. They're totally different things. It doesn't take away a 111-win season from the Dodgers, but it's a different goal, and the Padres right now are succeeding at that goal, and that's, that's what the playoffs are for. I don't disagree with anything that you just said right there. And I think there's a lot of factors that go into it as well. Right? I love your description of you're a ball club and you're developing as the season goes on and you're, you're getting closer and you're getting better and you're improving as individuals and you're improving as a team and you finally get to the end of the season and you've, you've, you've come together as this united group and everybody's you know, at their best at the end. of yeah, that, I think that kind of describes what the Padres have done, isn't it? And, and that's yep. a wonderful thing to see. But there's also the side of there are certain teams that are actually built, their roster constructions, um, such that they are going to have a better chance of being successful over the long run versus being successful in a more intense postseason situation. And by intense, I mean better competition, right? Uh, and, and what you've got to do to be able to get through those short series. And so I think there are also the ways teams are constructed that are going to have more success over the long season versus a short season. And I also think there's a factor of how you manage your club in terms of decisions that you make that you know strategically are going to be more successful over 162 games over maybe not necessarily being as appropriate for a shorter postseason where, again, you're playing a different level of competition. And so maybe some of those strategical decisions that you make over the long haul aren't quite as successful in the short run. And I think we've seen all of that in different postseason um, you know, matchups have factors in different levels. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Talking to our pal Bob Scanlon here, uh, the big righty. And I'll tell you, man, a little bit more inside baseball behind the curtain. Uh, when you're down on the field pregame and Scan's there and he's got his notepad, um, he, you know, talking to everybody down there as we're trying to do as well. But there's a group that Scan will gravitate towards and you will see a big smile creep across his face as they get done throwing their warm-ups. And you see Tim Hill walk by and you see Robert Suarez and Luis Garcia and scan, that's what you did, man. Like those are your people; those are your guys. Uh, you can see it in your face how proud you are of Josh Hader and all of those guys, man. Just I hate the old generic talk about, but I, talk about this bullpen scan and what you've seen from these guys uh, this last couple of weeks. It's been unreal. You know, th- thanks for noticing that, and I think it's true. And I don't know that I even would have assessed that myself. So, a good scouting report on your part in terms of. You know, uh, those kind of being my peeps, because they were. I spent a lot of my major league career in the bullpen. I can understand intimately what those guys go through over the course of a season, um, standing on the mound with, you know, bases loaded, nobody out, a 3-0 count, the best hitter at the plate, uh, whatever it may be, just those various situations that guys go through, times where you're feeling locked in, times where you're struggling, the ebbs and flows of the season. And, I mean, there's so much that goes into it for all these players, but – uh, as you mentioned, I'm especially attached to bullpen guys having experienced it so much. And those those guys have been so amazing all season long. And I give Bob Melvin a ton of credit because he's taken the pressure off those guys as much as he possibly could over the course of the season, right, so that these guys are fresh. Um, and Ben Fritz has done a fabulous job, as has Ruben Niebla, in terms of managing this pitching staff so that they are what they are at this point. Um, but what they've accomplished here in the postseason in terms of the number of runners that they've inherited, that they've been able to strand, um, some of the self-induced situations that they've been able to work out of. I mean, those are turning points. When you've got runners on third against the Dodgers and, you, and you've got a one-run lead and you strand that guy in back-to-back innings, 
that's getting the job done. When you've got a two-run lead in the eighth and you just blow people away, one, two, three, and just take the pressure off, don't even give that other team an opportunity to think that they're back in this ballgame before you're handing it off to Josh Hader, that's, that's clutch bullpen work right there. Having Josh Hader slam the door down in your face night after night, I mean, that just boosts your whole team up. It totally deflates the other team. They know things are over. How about the job Tim Hill did the other day? Unreal. After, you know, he comes in a, – a, a rally is, is going, and he's able to get the next two guys out of retirement, strand runners at second and third. Those types of things, oftentimes it go under the radar a little bit, but when you go back and you look at it, yes, Jake Cronenworth's base hit was huge, and we're going to celebrate that, and it, and it should be celebrated. But don't forget what Tim Hill did in terms of keeping that game close and under control and not letting things get out of hand against the Dodger offense that easily got things out of hand all season, right? So these little things that go on, oftentimes we overlook but believe me, those are those are turning points, and this bullpen has been absolutely outstanding. Tons of respect uh, for what these guys have done all season long, and especially here in the postseason. All right, Bob, let's switch our attention to the starting rotation for this upcoming best-of-seven LCS against the Phillies. Uh, clearly getting that win in Game 4 has a huge benefit for Bob Melvin because the talk was you, Darvish, quietly getting ready to start oh, on yeah. three days rest Sunday. Now he oh, doesn't have yeah. to. They're set up for Games 1, 2, and 3, presumably, you know, Darvish, Snell, Musgrove. But after that, it gets a little tricky with uh, only the one off day in the series. How do you feel like Bob Melvin may handle this, uh, particularly in game four and if the series goes the entire distance to seven games? Yeah, this is crazy, isn't it? I mean, as you noted, so huge that they didn't have to ask you, Darvish, to pitch on short rest, which he's never done in his career. Um, And I'm still curious to talk to Bob and you about that today in terms of finding out how you know was that the plan how prepared was he how does that alter maybe his routine because he's very much a routine guy but as you mentioned works out you get you darvish in game number one blake snell in game number two on full rest joe musgrove because of the day off he comes back friday Uh, but then game number four on saturday in philadelphia that's the question right now right and you know mike clevenger's is a possibility you could go with Shamanaya potentially as well, just in looking at the Phillies lineup and how they've had success or not versus righties or lefties. It looks like they've had a little bit more success against left-handed pitching. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if Mike Clevenger was still on tap to get that, just out of the righty-lefty matchup type thing. Um, but they're going to have to figure that out. And the final game as well, right? Because it would be potentially Joe Musgrove, but he would have to be going on short rest at that point. Uh, but maybe he does that. You know, maybe we see him pull a bum garner if there's a game seven. Sure. And we're talking even more about the lore of Joe Musgrove. And now he, you know, won game number three and came back on short notice. And, you know, look, crazy things happen in the postseason and anything can happen in the postseason. But again, I, I, I don't want to get too wrapped up in focusing on that because we were getting all wrapped up on game number five in this series and it never happened. Thank goodness. Um, so I think a lot of it depends on where you are, how much of your bullpen have you used, who's available. Um, but let's just thank, thank God right now, right. That you got Darvish, Snell and Musgrove all going on full rest to start the, the top three series. And then don't forget the Phillies. They've got a tough, uh, tough top three that they're coming at you with as well. So good, good pitching matchups. Um, to start the series off, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, uh, our defense yeah. is better. Uh, they, their, their, their guys are hitting a little bit better than we are right mm-hmm. now, but we're pitching better. Our bullpen is better. So, I mean, it's it's a really evenly matched uh, type scene that we're going to be going up against. And I just, again, to to kind of belabor that point, scan the bullpen bullpen management. There's guys that that have not gotten a lot of looks. You know, Morahone right now is is a guy you'd love to. Get that guy going for a, a long, you know, seven game series. So hopefully, Bob and I trust him implicitly 
uh, we'll be able to work some of those guys in that didn't get a lot of action in these really tight games against the Dodgers. I agree, and I think it's more likely to see some of that happen over a longer series now, right? For sure. Uh, there's just, there's going to be more opportunities to do that, and all those guys are going to be dependent upon. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. The other thing I'm curious to see about is how, how important is the bottom part of this Padres lineup? Massive. Yet? Massive. Huge, Massive. Right? I mean, it was Profar and uh, and Cronenworth that got the job done in, in that first win against the Dodgers. You know, Trent Grisham with the home run in, in the second win. Uh, it was Grisham and Nola that got the, the rally going with their hits in, in the seventh inning the other night. So they have been factors in every one of these Padres wins so far in yep. the postseason. I think Nola's and, been uh, huge. Nola's been amazing. I, yep. I, I mean, asking him to do more than he's ever done, starting every game. Is it possible yep. to start seven out of eight, though, going forward? Or are they going to have to use an Alfaro or a Campusano at some point in this series just to keep Austin Nola from collapsing? No, I think you keep asking Austin how you're feeling today. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and maybe maybe if there's a – well, we got the day game after night game coming up. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Days off, so – so he'll. I'm pretty sure that he'll get the first couple of starts here, but um, I think it's something Bob's got to keep an eye on. But for me right now, the way things are going, the way the staff is responding, and the way he's swinging the bat, and how can you not have him facing his brother and have that magic you have to. going you as have well, to. right? So uh, how about how about that? What are the Nola parents feeling right now? I mean, <laughs> they were torn in the regular season when they had their, their two sons uh, competing against each other. Now it's going to be postseason. Boy, I, I mean, it's exciting for that family, but a lot of inner – inner stress too don't you think i always picture them saying well aaron obviously when you're pitching we're cheering for you but in the other games we're cheering for austin and aaron's going like but mom we want to win the series too you can't just cheer for, for us when i'm pitching i need my other guys to do well what do you what do you mean we don't want to lose four games to two here what are you talking about mom yeah and austin beat me last time he had the game winning hit yeah sure did but do you guys remember how how torn austin was after that hit oh yeah I mean, I, and the dad, I, I oh. interviewed him in the yeah, I interviewed him in the post game on the field because it was the game winning hit, and you could see in his eyes. I mean, it was almost watering up. He felt, I mean, on the one hand, excited about getting hit, but he felt so bad about being the guy that put the L on his brother's record. You could really tell he was internally. So it's a really neat relationship between these two guys. They're very competitive, but they also care about each other and, and love each other as families. So it's going to be a fun thing to watch and. Uh, uh, I'm not going to lie. We're all biased that we hope uh, Austin's the one that has the bigger smile on his face at oh, the end. Yeah. And, but I just hope that I hope that that family can uh, enjoy the series and, and that there's bright moments for for both of the brothers throughout. Right, guys? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Bob, really appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. I know everyone's been really busy, but uh, we really do appreciate uh, it. Oh my gosh, this is just so exciting for the city of San Diego. Padre fans, you are amazing all season long and in the postseason. Way to bring it. Ben and Woodsy, you guys are awesome. I can't wait to see you out there. And Woodsy, we got to keep our tradition going. We'll, we'll keep it up. Believe you me. Bob, Thanks, guys. Bob Thanks, Scanlon yeah. on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. Interesting, because he said, yes, the layoff affects you. Of course it does. Yeah, yeah. A layoff is going to affect you. Does it affect you more though than having to pitch? Oh my God. You know, three straight days right. and go to New York and no, I, my argument. The my argument simply, of course, yeah. it affects you. My argument would be, but not as much as having to play all those days negatively affects you. We'll talk about it more when we come back. Final hour, we can get back to the phone lines as well. It's Ben Woods rolling on a Monday on San Diego's number one sports station, ninety-seven-three. The fan.